Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. We're back, and this is Felicity Hoffman's defense team. She just pled guilty, right? Oh, man. She did just plead guilty. She is. What else was she going to do? Yeah, she's going to prison. I, but I just want to cast the Hallmark biopic around out. <laughs> it suggested she's going to go to prison for a few months and she's going to pay a fine. And I feel like she played this perfectly. You know, she'll go to just some... like Transamerica, really understated, <laughs> important work. She'll go to some rich lady prison. Um, she'll chill out for a few months and then she will come out and she will work on her rehab. I hope she gives Martha Stewart a call. Do you think William H. Macy will he'll be the you know, like when your man goes to prison and you got to hold shit down? You know how it is. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> this has happened to Many me. Many of yeah. my men have gone to prison. Yeah. So William H. Macy will be holding it down for his for his woman while she does her time. Yeah. yeah. What's his like press universe like in the next few months? Right. That show is still on. Right. Yeah. Shameless. Does it. Oh, are they ending it? No. Shame, Shameless got renewed. Oh, what's her name left? Emmy Rossum. She yes. left. Mm. I yes. assumed that. I assumed it was over when that happened. But there are ninety cast members of Shameless and ninety seasons, <laughs> so <laughs> it will never go off the air. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, he's he plays like a Boston Southie, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's probably he'll be fine. Yeah. Listen, he will. Maybe he'll take a little vacation on the beach. Where are her daughters, by the way? I, I feel like, what's her name? Yeah, Olivia Lori Laughlin's. Oh. No, that's Lori Laughlin. Her kids, like, really overshadowed it. Felicity Hoffman, like, did they get to stay in school? It feels like they really slipped by. I don't think they've been removed. I think she played this, was like, you know what? I'm going to do my jail time. I'm not going to make a fuss. Whereas Lori Laughlin is trying to make us think she's not guilty. She's being loud, and so yeah. her kid had to leave school. Of course. And well, her kid didn't want to be in school That's true. in the first place. Also, Felicity <laughs> Huffman's kids clearly, I, I mean, they must be hiding. And I think the reason is they don't know any USC yachtsmen, which was Olivia Jade's advantage. And <laughs> Right. She mostly just did, like, SAT cheating, mm-hmm. I think, Felicity Huffman, which... Yeah. So less scamming. And also, Lori Laughlin, like, they, I think they did, like, money laundering. And mm-hmm. some other things like they were kind of like the ringleaders. It yeah. felt like they're they're full on scammers. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, Laughlin now? <laughs> uh, I think she thinks she's going to get away with it. I think that she is sipping an Aperol Spritz somewhere. God, I hope it goes to trial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aperol! This is I'm sure uh, your favorite discussion of the century. Uh, I don't know where the New York Times was coming from, saying that it's bad, but the New York Times likes to put peas into macaroni and cheese. So I didn't. I just saw the headline and I thought this is like this is. A, it's also something people in Italy have been drinking for a very long time. <laughs> so I was like, and so now the New York fucking Times, who can't even use the word racist in a headline, is out here calling it bad. It's the only thing they can call bad. They can't get racism right. <laughs> they can't call racism bad, but they can call Aperol bad. Yeah, it's like there's it's, one side to Aperol. You understand the yes. same thing when white people discover like a slang word, and right. then 
all of a sudden they're like, we're tired of hearing this word. Uh, <laughs> stop saying bae all the time. <laughs> but what did they, I didn't read it. What did they say? They just basically said that like people are overusing like the Aperol spritz. It's too sweet. And like. So they're drinking really shitty it. Aperol spritzes. Yeah. I do think it's like, it's a little tacky from, as in like in the mouth, the mouth feel of it is a little like Coca-Cola E Mountain Dewy for me. Well, then drink your Campari and Spritz. Campari, spritz. Campari, is, Campari is delicious. Yeah. Um, but. When you posted about this, Busy Phillips responded and said that the summer drink this year would be Palomas, and I think she was right. I've it... I've been drinking Paloma. What I like is tequila, soda, and a little grapefruit juice mm-hmm. because the grapefruit soda is too sweet, which I my friends can attest. I've been drinking that for years. So Busy is on trend with my life. <laughs> Getting coming up to your level. Well, she likes a popular Mexican restaurant in this city that has Palomas uh, that we've been to many times. I'm not going to call that restaurant out because, you know, the I don't stalkers. know which one you're talking about. Um, oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not we're just going to keep restaurant <laughs> secret. Like we wouldn't tell you Seth Rogen's coffee shop, which, by the way, then Tommy asked me like to confirm which coffee shop it was and it is so if you guys can figure out what coffee shop tommy goes to you'll know which coffee shop seth rogan goes to also joe jonas apparently goes there someone tweeted that at me oh man yeah it is the coffee i gotta stop going there then (laughs) (laughs) sophie turner might be there cackling about daenerys but we'll get to that later oh yeah with my is she in game of thrones sophie turner yeah that's why that's that's her thing yeah what yeah his wife, because they got um, hitched after the Billboard Awards in Vegas. I, I knew believe. he was married to a. I knew he just got married to a blonde lady. Absolutely, did not realize she did something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's in the shape of kind of an Elizabeth Debicki. That's all you really need to know. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think she's that tall. No, no, not nearly. No one is. You can't be legally. Uh, well, the BFG is. <laughs> <laughs> I love when we get into old doll territory on this show. <laughs> Let's have another witch's discussion. Uh, uh, I think we have to get into our episode, which has the lovely Diablo Cody joining us. Uh, We're going to be talking about Georgia, the heartbeat bill, and Alyssa Milano's Mm. Liz Estrada moment. Like I said, her, her, her... Ill t- or her Lysistrata reboot for CBS. That's what I think it se- seemed like. Listen, a first thought Lysistrata reboot. <laughs> she says Spike Lee did not get it right in Chirac. Oh I'm going to do a I white woman about reboot. Chirac! <laughs> uh, and we will also be talking about some TV shows which have been canceled, some which are coming back, and some which are not coming back. Starring Jesse Smollett. Indeed. We'll be right back. The Purge slash Red Wedding slash Hunger Games is well underway in network TV, except they're called the Upfronts. Upfronts are one of the five broadcasting networks. ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and the CW announced their program lineups for the new season, as well as reveal which TV shows have been renewed and canceled. Not everything was a surprise. NBC announced it would renew The Good Place and This Is Us. For three, for three seasons. seasons. <laughs> three seasons. It's crazy that they can just do that. That's the entire length of the original Veronica Mars just picked up. <laughs> They're like, you're not going anywhere, Mandy Moore. Yeah. She's trapped. Yeah. <laughs> or Mila Ventimiglia, who is, has he been dying for three years on this show? It's just, it actually will be interesting to see 
Because you're going to end up seeing every detail of his life because it's going to have to all be through flashbacks. So he's going to have had like the most active life ever to make it worthy of a flashback for another three seasons. I don't know. Yeah. And his ass will remain the hardest rectangle on television. (laughs) I mean. What? I'm just saying it's a memorable ass is all I'm saying. I I mean, if, if it's changed much since Heroes. We all evolve. All right. Well, also... ABC announced the final season of Modern Family. Girl. Finally. (laughs) It's just not modern anymore. It's still on. The world's oldest family is the name of the show. Remember when Modern Family won 900 Emmys every season? You know what's unfortunate? Because the first few seasons of Modern Family, I'm going to even say the first like four or five. I watched Were really good. And then it was just like, again, and you had so many other good comedies that were getting ignored for modern family which is what it it was so it like made me more mad at the show than i really was because i was like really like what's the dude's name the guy who kept winning oh uh ty burrell yeah it was like again man really that show to me is sort of like i may have even made this comparison on the show before i apologize but kind of like taylor swift where it rarely gets higher than a B plus, but it hits a B plus a lot. So it's almost like a consistent, dependable comedy. But and routinely, and the performances I would say are the best thing about it, and genius and stuff. But I mean, it does now feel sort of like a holdover between when Thirty Rock won all the awards and Veep won all the awards. Yeah. Well, then also, did it did it overlap with Parks and Rec? Because yeah, they were on like, at the same time. That's what prob- that's probably where like my fresh where you're like um Amy Poehler didn't even win an Emmy for that mm-hmm. because fucking Modern Family was just scooping them all up. And probably Julia too. So. I mean, but she deserves Julie hers. Bowen. Yeah. No, Julie, <laughs> Julie Bowen does have two Emmys, but in supporting. Mm, well, you know, also we never confirmed or denied if she was sleeping with Tucker Carlson. I feel like that is Oh my bad. god, I forgot about that. <laughs> I just felt like people, TV writers he's, were tweeting about that, and we never got confirmation on the team. He's tea. married, right? I thought he was... She got divorced. She got divorced. Yeah. I hope not for Tucker Carlson. I am praying myself. Well, no, wait, hold on. Is Sofia Vergara still with Joe Manganiello? Sure is. She, oh, yeah. yeah. Good work. Like one of the hottest couples yeah. on the planet. Wow. Coming for the cruise Bardem throne. My God. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. NBC picked up... Some new shows. Uh, they picked up Indebted, a show from Dan Levy, who we love. Uh, he's moving on from Shit's Creek because that is ending. That is sad that that is ending. But also, he really is a rare kind of person where it just like emanates good vibes and comes up with really um, uh, uh, nutty and yet uh, uh, memorably insane characters. I just enjoy everything about him and I'm very thrilled for him. Um, Cal Penn's new show, Sunnyside. Which has, has our friend, friend Joel Kim Booster on it. Yes, who's been on this show. Mm-hmm. When we were in Bonnaroo in the sweltering heat. Oh, yeah. He was in an overall look that I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed too warm for that um, well, I don't arena. Think he, had, like, mm-hmm. he didn't have a shirt on. I don't listen. I don't remember that. He doesn't love shirts. Half half the gay community's current (laughs) aesthetic is I'm an adult child on Barney and Friends. (laughs) So I have like a duck emblem on my shirt and a little bit of an overall, but it's hanging off me. Uh, ABC picked uh, Mixed-ish, which is a prequel to Black-ish, which seems perfectly fine, except the title. I can't say that I'm going to watch a show called Mixed Dish. If you say the word Mixed Dish, if I just said that to somebody random, you would never guess how it's spelled. You, you well, would never guess what well, the word is. The, the real problem is that Blackish 
is mixed-ish. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. that's, the, that's what you're sort of suggesting with the word black-ish. You know, I, we'll see if it stays with that title. Yeah, it, right. it also sounds like a salad shop. In LA. <laughs> <laughs> mixed dish. I got food poisoning at mixed dish. Yeah. Uh, my only actual concern with mixed dish is the fact that um, Tracy Ellis Ross's mom was Anna De- Devere Smith yeah. in the show, and now she's being played by Tika Sumter. Wow. <laughs> I mean, so, I root for Tika in all things. Yeah. yeah. Who's great, but unless she is going to find some skin lightening creams. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Maybe they assume it's a different audience, so they've never seen her on Blackish. No. Um, I, I've just never seen a reverse Aunt Viv. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> it's about time. Do you ever just sit around and think about the movie Sparkle and whether Tika Sumter or Carmen Ajoga was the best part? I do. I haven't decided. I'll keep it posted. I think it was Whitney Houston's Moxie. <laughs> oh my god she in that movie sounds like she has ice cubes in her mouth i don't think she knew she made that movie no <laughs> uh, abc also picked uh fresh off the boat again and oh, did they did did they did they i didn't hear anything about that no online um i actually really enjoyed constance Wu's comments because as inku kang Someone who I used to work with. I was just going to bring her up. She was like, we have not had a diva in the Asian community, and it is great that we can have one. Have they not? I mean, I don't think there's been enough popular ones. mm, Not a character, like a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there have been plenty of Asian divas. You know, they had so many dynasties. This is this is true. <laughs> more, than John, more than John Collins. What a, what a historian right here. <laughs> um, that, that situation, I just want to say, if you're going to uh, 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 throw down with a sort of scandalous tweet thing, whatever, please do it at exactly the time she did, which was about 2.30 p.m. on a Friday. I'm fading at work, <laughs> but I'm excited for the weekend. So she kind of like revitalized me and I did a bunch of flip-flops. You know, it was very exciting. There is I was so productive the rest of the day. There is nothing better than a celebrity causing some sort of, you know, like mild uproar on a Friday because then it's all people want to talk about over the weekend. Yep. And then Monday, you know, like it's usually just resolved. But you can also do the like, it's Friday. I'm going into the weekend. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. True. So you leave people hanging. You just sort of throw that. You just throw that grenade, and yeah. you're like, "Ah, oh, it's the weekend. I've got to go." That Days of Our Lives cliffhanger. It's like, right. will it be resolved? <laughs> uh, and then it was resolved. <laughs> it was resolved in one of the funniest statements I have ever read. Well, it was pretty normal for the most part. I mean, like, and then there were there were a couple of things that indicated she it was going to get crazy, easy, and pleasant seventeen times. Yes. Um, and I thought it was perfectly fine. I just only hated the ending because she was like, believe women. And I was like, girl, <laughs> right. let's, not, let's not bring the Me Too movement into <laughs> you having to do a TV show again. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, when you sign on for a sitcom, generally speaking, they get you for seven years, I think is the traditional deal. So, I yeah. mean, whatever. You do any job for five years. I can see being not, I don't know about fed up, but annoyed, whatever. I just, it's so rare to see a celebrity be that guileless. And by the way, on multiple platforms that she took it to Insta (laughs) too. She did take it to Instagram. (laughs) She wrote dislike on an Instagram post. Um, She was was concerned with impressions. She wanted (laughs) uh, to get the impressions on this. uh, I really do sort of feel for celebrities who get trapped on shows. I remember they had them pretty low liars on that show forever. And it was ABC Family, and that was back when um, cable networks were pulling that scam of 
this is season 1A, season 1B, season 1C. So I feel like they were on that show for 15 years. Yeah, right. But no, it was like Gunsmoke. They were just trapped there. Yeah. Uh, But... In turn, How to Get Away with Murder is coming back, sure and Viola Davis seems to love doing that fucking show. I mean, can you just, Shonda just goes to her mailbox, and she pulls out those residual checks, and uh, just... Just like a gold bar. Sleeps, so I assume she sleeps on them. I assume she weaves them together and uses them as a blanket. She's like, I don't need this money. She doesn't even probably check for the How to Get Away with Murder residual checks, because <laughs> the mailbox is full of the Grey's Anatomy right, ones. Right, exactly. There you can't even you can't even find them through the pile of Grey's. Grey's got two more seasons. Yeah, what, like fifteen still on and sixteen Netflix. or sixteen seventeen. I think it's sixteen seventeen. Sixteen seventeen. Yeah, Shonda has to be the one and only like whistle stop producer. Like she's she pulled on the back of a car through eight different shows, and she like makes one decision and is driven off. And it is it is wild too that I feel like only two have failed. Yeah, uh, Star Cross, off, off the map, and, and off, off the, the map. map. Yeah, that, that um, Mamie Gummer. Great, yeah, but Grey's Anatomy on an island. Right, right. Which, but, which was something. <laughs> I just to be a Grey's Anatomy actor, where you've now been on that show for like ten fucking years, you just go to the same lot, you do your job, you're so rich, you're just <laughs> like this is. Like, and then you think of poor, um, what's her name? Blonde, Izzy. Oh, Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl, girl, a mat, just think of what that could have been. You know what's interesting, though, is, so she came up a lot over the weekend in relation to the Constance Wu news is, and people forget, Catherine Heigl was on that show for six seasons, though. Like, people sort of remember it as, oh, after two seasons, she was sick of it or something, but she actually was there kind Real of a long fans, time. Real fans, because she, uh, we know when Denny happened, yeah. so we knew it was longer than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know. Then that she had to grieve Denny. Mm-hmm. Denny happened. She had to grieve him. And then she had to sleep with his ghost. Right. And then she had to save a deer in surgery. And Mm -hmm. that's when she really popped off at the writer. She had to have her cancer. (laughs) She had to have her cancer wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. Izzy had a lot to do. Yeah. Izzy had a lot to do. And George died before she left. Yeah, George died while she was in cancer. Because remember, she's at the funeral and she had the scarf on. Yes. So she was in cancer treatment when George died. Or wasn't it that they both, wasn't that the season finale where you thought Izzy was going to die or you thought George was going to die? Like they both coded at the same Mm -hmm. time and you didn't know which one was going to make it. Ah, Shonda. Am I allowed to ask what happened to T.R. Knight? Is that legal? Can I bring that up? Where is he? I don't know. He was nominated for Emmys too. But now I think I saw him on The Good Wife once. I mean, Isaiah Washington called him a faggot and then he just... He ran the other way. Well, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> he was one. <laughs> I, can, I can throw that down, right? That's my t- hot take on that matter. Um, Maybe he has a pilot yeah, we don't know that's about. That's true. True. Speaking of pilots that I did not know about until um, I saw the trailer, Kim Cattrall is in Filthy Rich. What? What? I mean, first of all, that's incredibly exciting. What Second of all, my that? heart is beating out of my chest. It is Fox. Okay. Um, it is a white soap. Um, okay. So, you know, <laughs> okay. Empire's going. Okay. There's the white ones, but it's a white Southern soap. Ooh, uh, okay. It is basically her husband was a, like, mega preacher, and Ooh. he dies, and... Then three of his bastard kids come out of the woodwork and they're like, we want our money. You know what? I would I would at least tune in for that pilot. Kim Cattrall yeah. in like in, in like diamond crosses. And a southern accent. You know. I am 
excited to see her play a second character. I mean, I know she was in Big Trouble in Little China and, you know, a couple things before Sex and the City, but I have honestly, I just Mannequin. think about, I, yes, I hope she is Samantha just now, the wife of a mega preacher <laughs> in the South. I hope she's the exact same person. The show like, is called Still Samantha. She left, uh, what was that dude's name? I can't remember anything today. Her, the man she was with. Oh, right. Smith. Smith, yeah. She mm-hmm. left Smith, married this dude. It's Samantha Continues. Yeah. Um, and not Samantha Who, which I would prefer. But She's on another show that people are enjoying. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet either. With Linda Cardellini. It's like they picked two people that gay people are constantly yelling underrated about and just thought that would be a show. Maybe it is. Well, you know, I'll check it out eventually. There's too many things on Netflix. Right. No, uh, I, th- that was my entire takeaway from looking at this list of renewals, et cetera, is I remember distinctly, I'm going to say about 10 years ago, the feeling of being caught up on TV, that you could actually <laughs> do that, how satisfying it was. The Emmys would come around. I'd be like, yep, I've seen all those people several times. That is such an uh, an artifact feeling now. You will never have that again. I actually am very sad about it. I don't like not being caught up on television. Like you will literally never, never be able to catch up on TV. Yeah. No, I mean, I even read the tweets of Emily Nussbaum or uh, Dan Feinberg at uh, The Hollywood Reporter, and they are clearly struggling. You know, they're like, oh, I haven't gotten around to that yet. Should I see that? And it's like, God damn. Speaking of Fox, they renewed Empire for its final season. Yes. So it is is going to end next year. And they said that, um, you know, they are turning the final season into a large TV event. They want to go out guns a-blazing. You have to allow fans to lean in and have the ending that they deserve cryptic. But then when asked about whether or not Jesse would return to the show, Fox president Charlie Collier said, there's an option to have Jesse in the series, but we have no plans for that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> there's an option so for him to return. Very okay. specifically letting them know that we could, but we don't. <laughs> Which also means that they're paying him. Right. Because he is still contracted for so this season. So they really don't want him on the show. Yeah. He, oh, is that what that means? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. They so, have to pay him. Yeah, they're they just, have to pay they're him. They're just like, we're not going to put you in any episodes. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. So, what, How did they get, I'm, if you can believe it, I'm not caught up on Empire. How did they get rid of him this past season? Do we know? So he um, had the first black gay wedding on network TV okay. because, you know, um, they did jump the broom on Noah's Ark. Uh, <laughs> and then they went on their honeymoon. <laughs> so they just never come back from the honeymoon. So they're wow. never going to come back next season. <laughs> they moved to Bali or something? Okay. Like Uncle Fester and uh, uh, Joan Cusack and Adam Stanley Value is one of those situations. I hope that they do some crazy, like, plastic surgery recasting shit, which the new Dynasty did by the way. Just like recast somebody? <laughs> well, so they cast uh, Nicolette Sheridan as um, Alexis Carrington. St. Nicolette Sheridan. Yes. And then they wrote her out because, I mean, imagine Nicolette Sheridan um, being reasonable on set. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, she got plastic surgery and I believe, I have to really catch up, but she got recast with Elizabeth Giles, <laughs> who plays the daughter, Fallon. So I believe now Elizabeth is playing two roles. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm impressed. The mother got plastic surgery. Now she looks like her daughter. 
I don't That's know what's happening. Julianne Moore. Uh, sorry, what was she on? The soap Julianne Moore as was the world on. Turns. As the World Turns shit, yes. Yeah, well, she didn't do that on As the World Turns. But she was two characters, right? Yes. Okay. I just hope this results in Taraji playing two people. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know what the storyline is. I don't have any pitches, but I do want Taraji as two people and replacement for Jesse. It's the final season. Empire has literally been on long enough for an evil twin. I don't know right? why it hasn't happened. Yeah. I felt like they spent too much time bogging down in this music shit. It was like, <laughs> peace out. We're the evil twins. Yeah, that's what we deserve, right? I'm listening to the brass now. Yeah, um, that's, that's what the fans deserve. Well, there'll be a lot of big endings next year. Yeah, you know, I think. A lot of teary season finales. We're going series, into series that finales. weird TV place where it's it, it was actually very fun for me to go through the list of shows being picked up for network TV because I feel like I don't watch that much network <laughs> TV anymore. So it was nice to at least just see, oh, this is quaint and still happening. Right. You know? Oh, good for Stephen Dorff. Yeah. Like there's a TV version of The Bone Collector coming to TV. Okay. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay is the exact right <laughs> answer. still doing that. Turning this old movie <laughs> into a TV show. Two things that I'm actually really excited for are – um there is a Bradley Whitford. Oh, I uh, saw that. The, mm. qui- <laughs> the choir show, which yes. is like an adult glee yes. coming to NBC. But like dark? Yeah. I don't get the sense that it's a comedy. Yeah. Do you see the trailer? No. It's 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 a comedy. Oh, it is a, a comedy. It's like a dark comedy. Oh. It's basically glee with adults, but less earnest. Who else is in that? There's somebody else interesting on that show. Anna Camp. Pam. Oh. Anna Camp. Anna Camp. Oh, I love her. Is is Bradley Whitford going to sing? I think so. Oh, can he sing? I guess so. I guess we'll find out. Wow. I guess I'll be tuning in. Can he sing whatever happened to Jane Kaczmarek? I want to know. <laughs> Come back to us. Bradley Whitford is also aged until a... Uh, he looks great. Very attractive older man. Yeah. Right, and Get Out, he was attractive, right? Inside yeah. and out. Yeah, well, I wasn't really being like, oh my God, he's hot. Yeah. Get Out. <laughs> also, I'm looking forward to Katie Keene on CW. It's the new Riverdale spinoff. There's a Riverdale spinoff? Yes. Already? This is Josie moves to New York and she interacts with like a bunch of- Wait, the uh, black girl? Yeah. And she interacts with a bunch of kids, you know, who are like young adults trying to make it in New York. One of them is Katie Keene. And also there's a drag queen. So it's like Rent. Yeah. Comic strip things I actually want. Rent meets fame. Okay. Comic strip things I actually want. One- um, Kathy, but horny. Two, ripped Garfield. Three, uh, who's la- family circus, but they fuck. That's I was, it. I was going to suggest a dark family circus. Yeah. <laughs> dark family, dark circus. <laughs> but anyway, there's a lot of TV coming, so there'll be plenty of things for you to watch. And not watch. Yeah. We'll be right back with Diablo Cody. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis. Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? (laughs) No? Uh, If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. 
And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group. Where flip flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. (laughs) Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. I respect the OG hippies. Like, I just read Moby's memoir, mm-hmm. and he was a vegan when it was, like, something people hadn't heard of. So it's Right, like, we used to make fun of, like, exa- what is this vegan thing? Yeah, so it's like I respect him for getting through those years and now, you know, landing in a comfortable place in our timeline where, you know, that shit's everywhere. And now he but- just go to his restaurant. He sold it. Oh, did he? Oh, no, Little Pine he still has. Okay. He sold the tea house in New York, mm. Teeny. Yes. Did I mention that Brooke also knows everything? Okay. I love <laughs> I love celebrity, like, businesses. Like, I loved when, like, like I was very into, like, the, the whole Dolce group, like, when Ashton Kutcher had all those restaurants in Hollywood. Like, I'm interested uh, yeah. in the side hustle of celebrities, you know, particularly when it's a bad one, like Britney's restaurant. Mm, Remember Britney? Nyla. Nyla. Yes. Nyla. Yeah, and it's like... Didn't J-Lo have a restaurant? Did she? I it wouldn't she surprise did. me. Yeah, J-Lo had a restaurant. There I've was been to Justin Timberlake's restaurant. Southern in New Hospitality. York. Yep. 
it's, bad southern it's food in New York. In New it's York. terrible. It, it's it's like, on the Upper East Side. Those a places southern are food required restaurant. to be bad, though. They're yeah. like required to be yeah. bad. If there's like a big celebrity presence, silent partner, fine. Like if the celebrities, like if the celebrities' <laughs> ownership, yeah, or like Robert De Niro with Ago, like that's fine. But if it's like Justin Timberlake's restaurant, you know, it's gonna like suck balls. He has Nobu too, doesn't he? De Niro, Robert De Niro is like an investor yeah. in Nobu. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he was wise about it, but. But he had all those wives. I do remember one of my favorite ones here, Lemon Basket. Whose was that? That was the one that was on the reality show Famous Foods, and it was uh, people were competing to be partners in it. It was um, was it? It was like Danielle Staub. It was like one oh of the God. Bachelors. Oh, okay. It was so Heidi Montag. Like, oh, Oscar winners. Yes. yes. Right, yeah. This is like hot garbage. <laughs> Lemon basket. That's cool. Uh, we've just been freewheeling here. Are we? Oh yeah, yeah. We're throwing off. Are we? Were we recording? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to slander Nyla. <laughs> uh, well, we've just been talking about restaurants yeah. with Diablo Cody. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. The number one guest I've wanted in this damn studio. Probably relevant to announce. Brooks just or Diablo's one of my. Bestest, bestest friends. Yes, we are. We are extremely tight. We are from the same hometown. We went to the same college, but we went there years apart. So when we met out here, we got to have shared experiences. Exactly. Yeah. Your number one guest. Well, I'm I'm sad to tell you, Lewis, that Jane Fonda is hiding behind the curtain. Oh, my God. Bye. She she, she is sobbing. She is sobbing. (laughs) Well, now I'm not coming in. I'm fully aware (laughs) that you would like push me off a cliff. (laughs) Also, you know who Jane Fonda. You know who's coming up behind her? Pushing everybody by? Miss Jack Hay, who is. Oh, yes. Furious to hear this news. Oh, my God. Wait, you know, I met Jack a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> the internet the is aware. Yeah. yeah. And she's going to be in the live Jeffersons. That's going to be on TV as the Marla Gibbs role. How about that? I'm very excited about that, actually. Yeah. I, I love a live Jeffersons. I just acted out in my home. All That's time. just your life. I yeah. love saying honky. <laughs> Roxy Roker. <laughs> well, so we're here mostly to talk about whatever, but also last Tuesday, Georgia's governor, who is not Stacey Abrams. The the fake governor. Yeah, the evil Brian Kemp signed a dangerous and controversial bill that would ban abortions when a fetal heartbeat is detected, there go becoming one of the country's stricted states on abortion. It will be challenged in the courts by the ACLU and Planned Parenthood, but in an unexpected turn, Hollywood holds an unprecedented amount of power in this issue because Atlanta is like Hollywood too. Um, They filmed so many things there. And so over the years, the state of Georgia has successfully courted the entertainment industry with tax incentives that's allured productions and studios to the state, creating a local economic boom worth billions. So some people have started pulling their productions out, and some people said that they won't film there anymore. I mean, you work in Hollywood. I do, sporadically. Ah, Yeah. Doing my best (laughs) to stay on the rodeo horse. What do you make of this? I know that you also did a reading of Juno once, and you talked about how you loved the involvement of Planned Parenthood, I think, in that event. Well, I I don't even know if I would have written a movie like Juno knowing if I had known that the world was going to spiral into this hellish alternate reality that we now yeah. seem to be stuck in. Um, it's uh, the, the the Georgia thing is horrifying. Like it's 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 honestly something that I've been thinking about kind of continuously. Like, you know, 
in an endless, like, dark feedback loop. It's just—it it's, sucks so fucking bad. Um, and I'm pleased to see—you know, it's so weird. I'm, like, not on Twitter. I quit a few years ago, um, and I— By the way, we missed you on Twitter. Brooke has I, some of my favorite I, tweets I, of all you time. You know what? I still lurk because, like, I, I'm, like—but now I'm, like, input only. <laughs> but it's been heartening to see, at least, to, like, observe that people are— like fired up about it. I wish more guys were. Right. But, you know. <laughs> well, you know, this doesn't impact them. Because they, yeah. They, they're not involved in this. <laughs> this has nothing to do with them, as you remember, it's so how pre- pregnancy works. Yeah. It's not like they're half of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wish I had something. I wish I had a, a, something clever to say about it, but I'm just I'm just mad. Because it's six weeks, by the way, is when you can detect a heartbeat, which is a lot of women. That's the earliest that you can detect a heartbeat. And a lot of women don't even know that they're pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the the embryo is at that stage, literally like I've been pregnant a bunch of times. I think (laughs) it's like the size of like a grain of rice, maybe Mm -hmm. like it's it's just it's ludicrous. I don't Uh, know. Well, I mean, you just said that, you know, you might not have written a movie like Juno then. Do you, do you feel like um, with your most recent movie, Tully, um, which I love, I just watched Thank recently. Because um, I love your work and I love Miss mm. Charlize Theron. I appreciate that. I love Charlize as well. Yeah. I mean, she was great in Young Adult, one of my favorite movies. Um, you, another one of you. yours. Thank you. Uh, I, don't think I can't th- believe Charlize gets to be like the avatar for my shit because she's like <laughs> this incredible, like gorgeous, like South African supermodel. It's very surreal for me. But Have you seen Longshot? Um, I haven't yet. She is great in that, and it's sort of like it's nice seeing her do these different roles. Yeah, um, she's hilarious. Yeah, like I think she's definitely like underrated as a comedian, and she there, there's honestly nothing she can't do, which is infuriating because I do feel that you know God rarely gives with both hands, and <laughs> he you know she's beautiful and she's that. Yeah, but that so um, Tolly, you know, was about you know the struggles of motherhood, um, and it's also about mental health issues. I don't want to ruin some of the twists, but it's like a year later. <laughs> Plot twist: I'm crazy. <laughs> Everybody knows that. So, how do you you know sort of feel about depicting um, these things in film? Is it something that you're especially drawn to? I mean, it's astonishing to me that there isn't like a whole catalog of films about postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis because it is so common. Like, I feel like if that were a male experience, like we would we would have a body of work on that topic, just like we have a body of work about like coming of being age movies. 45 and being in love with a 20 year old. Like there's lots of movies. <laughs> yeah. A man's writer's block or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, like, most of them are Woody Allen movies. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, I was specifically thinking of, <laughs> of Woody Allen actually, but I am. Um, yeah, I guess I just, I felt like I almost had like a responsibility to tell that story. Like I felt compelled to do it. So um, but if anything, that the experience of writing that movie proved to me that nobody gives a shit about it because nobody saw the movie. So, and a lot of women who did see it, who, you know, it was intended as a comfort were actually like sort of triggered and angered. Well, you know what? I think this movie is strange in a way where I feel a lot of people misinterpreted the twist where a lot of people said it was about, I mean, like I'm not, I, I try not to give anything away, but that it was about sh- mental illness as opposed to depression, as in delusion, as opposed to something you were illustrating via a device in a movie. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, it, I have to say, like, it is an amb- it, there, there's many things about the movie that are ambiguous. And, and when we were doing the press for the movie, I had I wanted a, my original intention was to go in and to just tell people like, oh, no, like this is up for interpretation. Mm-hmm. And then I was just told, like, you can't do that. People don't like that. People actually don't want to draw their own conclusions. They want you to tell them what the movie's about. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the the problem too, right, is like when you have such limited stories being told, you now wrote the postpartum movie. Like, yeah. the, you know, the like capital T, the, the you wrote yeah. that movie yeah. as opposed to you told one story about this experience. But when we ignore, you know, the stories of not straight white dudes, then a lot of stories get left to the wayside. And so it becomes like, this is that movie. There may not be another one in particular, if it doesn't, it's not somehow, if it doesn't make a fucking Marvel money, yeah. they're like, no one cares. I wish it had become some franchise with an expanded universe. Right. And like, it's <laughs> right. like, like happy meal toys. But I don't think that that, yeah, it didn't happen. But it's something that yeah. is so common where you're like, there should be. Yeah. Like, why is it movies. just like, I don't want it to be just my take on right. DVD because like, obviously mine is, you know, very different than someone else's this is like i'm i can't speak for everybody when i think of you one of the first things i think about is like this sort of fable about how when you wrote juno like you basically wrote it on a lark somebody told you like try yeah. writing a screenplay i mean i'm you know me like i'm a realist and I, a pessimist actually i think it's like just what comes from growing up in garbage but <laughs> i'm not gonna start <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna start on our town um but i yeah i never thought that i certainly never thought that the movie would be produced i thought it would just be a nice calling card a little spec script i could take out and maybe become a writer but as the years have gone on you obviously are like one of the most well-known screenwriters we have do you have to like recreate that energy of like oh this is just a lark i'm writing because i'm very interested in doing it as opposed to like i have to do this because it's my job and i want to contribute something commercial if et i could recreate that energy i'd be a very happy woman really it is frankly impossible because i just at at this stage of the game like as unromantic as it sounds i am on like a hamster wheel of supporting Mm -hmm. humans Mm -hmm. so it is (laughs) to to get that incredible sort of first flush vibe of inspiration is is i find that almost impossible to access at this stage of my life if you were to rewrite Juno tomorrow, would she go to Atlanta and get an abortion? I mean, if you want me to say yes, I, I don't. I think I probably would have just told a different story in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I would have just stayed away from, <laughs> like, you know, the, I, I, I have to admit, like, it, when I wrote it, I was not. First of all, I didn't think it would ever be a film. I didn't think it was ever going to be made. And secondly, I wasn't thinking like in a. Uh, as an activist, I wasn't thinking politically at all. I mean, the most horrifying thing that came out of that was me getting a letter from my Catholic high school thanking me for writing a pro-life movie. And I was like, I fucking hate all of you. (laughs) And I'm as pro-choice as a person can possibly be. And like, I want to kill myself. That reminds me of Madonna's first response when Papa Don't Preach came out. She said a song that will give everybody the wrong idea because a lot of people interpret it as a pro-life anthem. And in fact, even, yeah, in my my cohort in elementary school, we all thought that's what it was about. Oh my God. I know. now you're this way. Yes. <laughs> There's your sequel. Yeah. There's your expanded universe. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's interesting how um, this has sort of been a sad thing that's happened with your career, I just want to say. Not that. I just mean like Jennifer's Body is another movie that I love that I feel like was misinterpreted. Yeah. Um, I, by a lot of seeing people. It, it, seeing it get the love now is very satisfying. Yes, that's come back as like a yeah. cult classic. Did you did you get back on like looking on Twitter just because people were rediscovering it? No, actually, um, Instagram has been a wonderful source of Jennifer's body memes uh, <laughs> that I <laughs> I, gen- I really enjoy combing through, particularly when I see who's posting them. Like there's teenage girls who have mm-hmm. become obsessed. Interestingly, not with. Not with Amanda Seyfried, who's, you know, the character that is probably more representative of who they are. Yeah. But uh, with Jennifer, because she's just, she's, I don't, I don't know, she's something about the idea of a girl who's assaulted and then decides to just start like consuming guys for fuel. It's mm-hmm. really appealing to people right now. 
Yeah, I know. you know. Uh, can, can she do the presidential candidates? Yeah, right? <laughs> no, I feel like it's interesting because we always sort of associate, I feel like, with the characters like the Jennifer person, you know, the people who aren't us. And yeah. we always sort of miss, you know, like I watch Game of Thrones and I'm like, oh, my God, I love Cersei. She's fucking everybody up and killing them. Like, I have nothing in common with her. Yeah. You know, you watch like a soap opera. You love like the Alexis Carrington or something, but we're not those people. More than often, we're like the person that they're terrorizing. Yeah. But we don't associate with that It's true. I mean, but that's the escapism of it is being able to... You Mm -hmm. mean you can enjoy a movie without having to very specifically relate to the characters? (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. But but that is very specific to your movies. Like they come from experience, but nothing about any character you write seems designed not to alienate people. Would you say that actually propels you into writing a character like you like you want to capture their reality and if it's unsavory all the better yeah exactly I have to admit like I am kind of a troll at heart like I do <laughs> I, 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 I do like to to troll people and fuck with them and like when I when I had heard that you know I had to make like an apology in the New York Times for telly because all these mommy bloggers had been sent to see it by the studio and they were been told it was a comedy and it was coming out on Mother's Day and then they were all very very upset <laughs> they were all very upset afterwards and I had to apologize and but there was a part of me and by a part I mean ninety eight percent of me that was like good because I like to upset people yeah. which is fucked up but it's the reality. I mean, you basically did that with Young Adult, too. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's my like God. The, we, the, people watch that and think, oh, my God, it's an update of my best friend's wedding. Like, she's going to get her man <laughs> at the end. And then at the end, you're yeah. like, no, she's just an asshole. The test screenings for that movie were unbelievable <laughs> because people were so – people felt, like, betrayed. Mm-hmm. Like, one person raised their hand. You know, they, they do these – focus groups where they like bring this dude into the theater and he talks to everybody about the movie and uh he was like this this woman raised her hand and she was like i don't understand why the filmmakers want me to feel this way (laughs) (laughs) yeah they want you to feel something i I don't know. know i feel like that movie is like a patron patron saint for so many people who escaped the midwest like i'm from milwaukee oh yeah and i feel like when i go back home sometimes i I am Mavis. Oh, trust me. Like, I relate to Mavis as well. Like, she came from inside of me. You know what's so funny to me about Mavis, though, is she lives in Minneapolis. Like, it's not like she went to New York. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks she's she's so superior for living in Minneapolis and not uh, St. Cloud or wherever the fuck they were that smells Mm -hmm. like fish shit. But um, (laughs) You lived in Minneapolis. It's important to note. Yes. Yeah, no, I did live. I I have lived in Minneapolis. Yes. Mm -hmm. But no, I feel like that's really some of the beauty of it, too. You know, your characters are... She's a character who can see that she is somewhat better than, like, these sort of judgmental, hypocritical people, but also she is, too. Yeah. That was the same thing, you know, in Tully, you know, where she's yelling at, well, herself. Her. Yeah. uh, She's yelling at Tully about, you know— who she is as a 20-year-old and how her life's going to change. But, you know, she's really talking about herself. There is no uh, coastal gay alive who doesn't call young adult their, like, underrated super fave. Like, the one, like, more people. I mean, truly. I mean, I feel like it's constant. It's, Uh, it's, that actually, that means a lot to me. Because if it wasn't, you know, if people, people discovering things and, celebrating them later like if I didn't have that I would have nothing (laughs) people don't don't enjoy them at the time that they come out so you know also a question I have for you is you are I think a signature attribute about you is just all the you're a reference loving person and that's like speaks to me in a obviously a serious way (laughs) 
How do you still do you still consume a ton of pop culture and do you feel you internalize it and absorb it and use it? I do. You know what? The, the only problem I'm having is I used to be the encyclopedia of television mm-hmm. and I have completely fallen off the rails because there's so much. We literally were just talking about how there's no authority on TV. That. Yeah. yeah uh, and it's like I can't. I You know, like, you know, like I will talk to you about like television of the 70s, 80s and 90s until we were both blue in the face. But like at a certain point, I was unable to keep up with the the quantity. And so like now I'm, you know, there's like major, you know, zeitgeist defining shows like Handmaid's Tale that I haven't seen. And like that's that hurts. Have mm-hmm. you seen this might feels like have you seen Pen 15? No. You would it it's it's in the universe, I think, of like I feel like there's probably a direct line between your work and a show like Pen 15. Um, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, because it's these two girls in middle school. They're 13. It's in the 2000s So it speaks very much like, nice. And um and it's just like it's them discovering like there's an episode where they find a thong and like all, all of this shit. But yeah. it, it feels like you can look at your work and like how we were able to see this like teenage girl going through something. And then I think a lot of the stuff that we have now. Okay, good. Then it'll be a nice masturbatory exercise. Yeah, exactly. For me. <laughs> Just take credit for Think it. of all the ways I may have inspired these <laughs> successful young creators. It's weirder because then you just have like the flip side of like a Riverdale, which I'm obsessed with. Yeah. But all the references on that show are old and dated and there's sort of like a Dawson's Creek in that way. It's sort of like these that, yeah. kids have not seen um all about Eve. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're not yeah. gonna make they're not gonna be making a Lady Vanishes reference when they're talking to <laughs> yeah. their boyfriend, but they just have this like knowledge of pop culture from like the twenties to the sixties. Yeah, like there's yeah. a sixty three year old hairdresser named Jean somewhere in the mix <laughs> writing for these people. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I do. I mean, do you guys think like I've been trying to figure this out, actually? I don't have a lot of like Gen Z people in my life. Like, are are they perhaps because they have access to this insane library of information that I did not have as a fucking 40 year old? Um, do you think maybe they do know more about pop culture of yesteryear than you know what? You know, you know what I'll tell you? A video I saw the other day were two teens trying to dial a rotary phone. So, and it took them like a smooth 20 minutes. I believe that. So if that answers your question. No. Uh, I I think the opposite is true because information and media is everywhere. No one knows anything. They don't feel obligated because it's always right there to be accessed. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I know many people. I mean, Gen Z, feel free to yell at me. I mean, I feel like getting lost on Wikipedia is very much a you're 30 to 45. Yeah. You know. My favorite activity. Right. No, yeah. imagine doing anything else. I feel yeah. like it's also just sort of weirder for us as creative people who, you know, are writers and this just sort of what we've immersed ourselves in um, because, you know, that's how we escaped our world. You know, yeah. it's um, I always felt somewhat different even as um, a teenager, like my references were different than, Oh, I was you know, obsessed me. with Jimmy Durante in junior <laughs> high. Okay, like that was not what, you know, most kids were into in 1992. Yeah, you know, yeah. the only person with the, with the Hall & Oates tattoo, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, or watching like Nick at Night TV Land and obsessing right. over oh, yeah. Welcome Back, Cotter. Um, you know, I think that kids today have... Some old references, like they watch Friends and like they they watch old sitcoms. That's weird to me. The Office and Friends obsession in like today's college students. And How I Met Your Mother. Like they they watch these shows. Yeah, I had a boss who was like his um, 
kids um, and other kids at their school, and I think they're like maybe 10 or 11, like they're all rewatching How, How I Met Your Mother on streaming. Jesus Christ. And it's like, I think now with all of this stuff everywhere, like people are doing that or Grey's Anatomy, like they're rewatching things that we watched a few years ago. And maybe they're not so much watching all this new content that's on because if you ask kids what network Riverdale's on, it's on Netflix to them. Right, right. They don't know what the CW is. Yeah. And also those shows, I, I heard recently that they actually shoot a lot of them, you know, the CW shows, they shoot them with the keeping it in mind that people are going to be viewing them primarily on phones. Like that's actually like a consideration when they're setting up shots, which is crazy to me. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is a little I'm not like a ratio queen or a, what's like yeah. aspect ratio queen, but that doesn't hurt. Yeah, me a I'm not bit. actually like one a person who gives a shit about that <laughs> stuff either. Yeah. Like, which is a, a shame considering <laughs> I'm in the world of cinema. But yeah. well, we can't all be Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. No. Um, Diablo, what is next for you? Uh... Jagged little pill. I asked myself that question a lot. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so glad my publicist is here. Um, yeah, I, I wrote this. Uh, I wrote the book to Alanis Morissette's musical Jagged Little Pill, and we uh, ran it in Boston last year, and we're going to Broadway in November. I can't fucking wait to see that. I'm very excited. Is it, it starring was... Catherine McPhee? <laughs> you know what? I would be thrilled to have Catherine McPhee step into this musical, honestly. Is she still singing Black Horse in the Cherry Tree on her knees somewhere, like season five She's of American Idol? She's I know, She's but yeah. Waitress? I know, yeah. but like, yeah. I want you to, yeah. In uh, London. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. She's on the West End waitress. <laughs> like, she left Broadway. She was like, I'm going to be in London just singing Sarah Bareilles. I've still got McFever. Isn't that, wasn't that her little catchphrase? Yes. It was. It was. I was a Paris Bennett stan that year, but yes. Oh my God. I found this really upsetting Anthony Federoff video on YouTube the other day by accident. I have to share it with you. Oh God. This yeah. is, you're, you just got a real glimpse into my relationship with Brooke. That's like what we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that was. I really just pulled back the curtain. Yeah. Mask off. Um, but um, yeah, we talk about, uh, we talk about like old American Idol contestants a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, so Broadway, it's fun. Uh, it's I, I I always say like I cannot believe I agreed to do this like I can't believe I was like sure that sounds fun because it's actually such a tremendous amount of work to put on a musical like I was so not prepared for the investment but it's been fun. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Thanks. And I'm sure people who listen to this can't wait to see it too. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll talk to you again when yeah, it's up. I'd be and happy to come in here and sing. Quickly before we go, <laughs> to circle back, you guys should donate to the ACLU and Planned oh, Parenthood yes. because yes. they are going to be the ones fighting this ridiculous fucking bill. Mm-hmm. So yes. That's yes. Last I one. have joined Alyssa Milano's sex strike. Um, I've actually been participating for a few weeks <gasps> okay. um, before she suggested it. Um, who knew? <laughs> Thank you, um, Elaine Boozler, for this content. <laughs> but uh, yes, let's donate to the ACLU, Georgia, and... Planned Parenthood. And thank you for being here, Diablo. Thank you for having me. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. For over 130 years, 
McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. The beauty vlogger community is eating <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the, the beauty vlogger community, there's a place I've never <laughs> been, um, is seeing a crack in its foundation. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Now you're Aaron Spelling. <laughs> uh, Tati Westbrook, a vlogger, influencer, <laughs> and owner of a beauty supplement company, is feuding with her former friend, mentee, and fellow influencer slash vlogger, James Charles. Oh, God. The drama came to a head on Friday where Tati posted a tell-all video about their fight, a 43-minute video called Bye Sister that was posted on YouTube. And since then, Charles has lost millions of his YouTube subscribers. 43 minutes? 43 minutes. It's like the length of the Moonwalker video. (laughs) He lost the Kardashians, Demi Lovato, Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry, and LOL Shawn Mendes. Yeah, props for ensnaring these people in the first place. I guess I'm impressed. Why was he following James Charles? Moving on. Um, Basically, the feud began at Coachella. As all feuds do. Of course. James posted an Instagram ad for... Sugar bear gummies. Okay. Which I'm constantly gumming on. Of course, right? I feel like Jamila Jamil hates them. Um, <laughs> it's a product that is in direct competition with Tati's beauty supplement company, Halo Beauty. Okay. Now, Tati posted a video of herself saying that she felt lost and betrayed, but she never mentioned James in this video. After that video... James posted a statement to his story apologizing to her, saying, She has been like a mother to me since my first days in this industry and has given me more love, support, resources, and advice than I could ever ask for. This weekend, I did an Instagram story for sleep vitamins that I've been taking because the brand helped me with security when the crowd around me at Coachella became unsafe. I did not accept any money from the post. Blow up the planet right now. <laughs> Blow it up. <laughs> Blow it up. This Blow is incredibly up. brave. I can't believe I'm this tail. So, so far, James did this ad for Sugar Bear Gummies because apparently the crowds at Coachella were wild and they gave him free security. By the way, beauty supplements don't work. <laughs> Just for the record. You're all fighting over snake oil. <laughs> Just drink more water. 
My favorite beauty supplement, <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> uh, well, I know some of you have been asking about my skincare regimen, so let me get right into that. Should I sprint out? <laughs> okay. um, after that, a third beauty blogger, who we're not even going to get into him, but his name is Gabriel Zamora, and he posted a video calling Tati's behavior fraudulent. Oh, my God. Which then prompted her to post her own video, the aforementioned by sister, which is 43 minutes. And Did probably I'm, like millions of views, right? Like yes. 25 at last count, probably way more oh now. Um, there are more. I think there were like 49 million when I watched Oh, my that. God. Um... I watched it. Imagine if she, imagine if she did forty three <laughs> minutes on writers train to vote. Yeah, <laughs> like my god. I watched most of the forty three. Me too. Video. Uh, I've got to say, she does a good job. It is compelling. <laughs> so she she doesn't gets, miss a word. <laughs> she says that she and her husband invested a lot of time and energy into James's career. First of all, the editing in this video because it's basically she's just sitting there and talking. Yeah. But the beginning is beautiful because it. It's called Bye Sister, and it opens with clips of them together. Mm -hmm. And so you think it's like, oh, they're, they're showing the good times. It's edited. It compiles like a bunch of clips of them. And then it cuts to her, and she's like, I have some things to say. Record scratch. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Also, just in general, the way she looks, I understand she's a makeup vlogger, so this is like part and parcel with the job. But she just, she really looks like uh, Kristen Wiig joined Little Big Town. That's what I kept thinking the whole time. Does she have a girl crush? She's very Tell pristine. me about it. Yeah. So she said that she invested a lot of time and energy into James's career. And while his video for Sugar Bear Hair did incite the fight between them, she says that her relationship with Charles has nothing to do with the money. And she said that she is tired of having to apologize for Charles's behavior, which includes everything from saying rude things to other beauty influencers to sexually harassing men who are not interested in James. He's also, he was the racist one, right? Yes. So, well... There I know are many, there's, there, there are many, many racist yes. ones, uh, including Jeffrey Star, the, the noted one. Yes, um, the one with all the tattoos. Yeah, uh, the one who has that infamous apology video yeah. because there are so many like old videos of him saying the N word, and yes. he was like, "Every time this comes up, I hate having to deal with this and apologize. I am so sorry, but I am not that person anymore." Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's a very funny video, <laughs> but. <laughs> Charles in 2017, when he became the first male spokesperson for CoverGirl, tweeted, I can't believe we're going to Africa today. OMG, what if we get Ebola? Clever. That's a sophisticated take on Africa. Right, clever. James, we're fine. Running. We could have gotten it at Chipotle last year. Upside down, smiley face. Uh, Chipotle jokes ended in 2013 also. Just, I mean, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the hackery. You know. Well, 2017 was the, when everyone was like, should we be going to Chipotle still? Because they were busy killing people across the country. <laughs> Allegedly. My question is, for a bunch of makeup bloggers... Why can't any of them do their makeup well? Because <laughs> everyone looks crazy. They do all look like they're doing Commedia dell'arte. They yeah. look insane. Egyptian death mask. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, they all look bonkers. Yeah. Who... Like, they're almost like terrorists because they're telling people to look like this. Presumably, they're doing videos instructing people to do their makeup like theirs. And then those people go out into the world and then we're all afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> it is very stage makeup looking. Yeah. Gen these people, anyway. We talked about James a few weeks ago, sort of, because he was the one who 
interpreted uh, the phrase the house. Oh, right. Oh, that was him? Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, oh. Oh, I've learned this new phrase. T stands for the house. When you like something, it means that the house, it's extra. Oh, God. The Gretchen Wieners of it all. Yeah. Can I just say the reactions to this video, too, which are I, I spend too much of my time on Twitter, was so intense. It made me feel like, you know how this Billie Eilish person has emerged and suddenly everybody cared? I it's stand. Like, it's, like I, it's like I went to go make a couple of DiGiorno's pizzas for my kids, and then I turned around, <laughs> and I'm 48, and everybody cares about bloggers I've never heard of. <laughs> uh, literally, so many people were tweeting about it. Yeah. And like Samantha Irby was tweeting about it. Uh, <laughs> there were other, uh, there were like drag race people tweeting about it. There were other like writers and people who were very smart just jumping into this fray being like, this is so compelling. The drama with these vloggers. And also there was this weird conversation too, I guess, about what she accused him of doing in terms of sexually harassing men. Because after she said that, Zara Larson, a singer, someone you probably don't know, like Billie Eilish as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, My eyes are like crossing, yes. Yeah, she's pretty good. But uh, she tweeted, yes, James has been in my man's DMs, even though he knows that he's straight. And then later she corrected (laughs) it to, he DMed him once and commented on some photos. And this is what Mm. upset me. You know, it's like, you can talk about him being racist and trash without getting into this whole, like, oh my God, this overly effeminate gay man is like tweeting at my straight man. Oh my God, what's he ever going to do? You know, you want to know something though, and I truly hate myself. I hate myself for this. (laughs) I saw a video and I sort of watched some of it and fast forwarded, but it was from like a waiter Mm. who said that he had met him, James Charles, and James had hit on him and the waiter said he was bi-curious and James invited him over. And then I thought, you know what, Kara, go kill yourself. <laughs> it was like, I can't finish watching this. So assuming that's real, there might be, I, I don't know. know what, I don't know. Classic love story, by the way. That's what Roman Holiday is about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was waiting for more things to come out about it like that. But there are videos of him saying that he love straight guys and it's easy to turn a straight guy gay oh goodness don't be into straight i'm not into straight guys i'm not 28 anymore as someone into straight guys you're missing truly nothing (laughs) good point yeah thank you for that i guess you're our our ambassador to that world yeah trust me guys it's on saturday without makeup james responded to tati's video with a video of his own titled tati all lowercase letters Mm. And like Tattoo, the band. And I think if if Tati's had reached 49 million by the time I viewed it, his had, I think, one million more. Oh, my God. Perfect. Sorry, girl. And in the video, he apologized, saying, I've acted out of impulse and I've gone off and tried to pull receipts or facts or screenshots and play victim. And I'm not doing that today. I'm not. That is all I have to say. I'm sorry. That's it. The video's a little bit longer, and he rambles on about stuff. But, you know, he's not wearing makeup. He's in a hoodie. He's wearing glasses. So he's sorry. It's emotional. Authenticity. Yes. You know, it is my December. (laughs) I did see he's lost, what, like two million? Yeah. Which is a lot of people. Yeah. That's very shocking. I don't know of anything like that. Two million people, I think. I don't know if it was his. I assume it's his YouTube they've unfollowed or unsubscribed. I don't know. I don't remember the jargon. Um, But that feels like so many people. 
And then her numbers are rising. Especially since, um, you remember when people were campaigning to get people to stop following Fuck Jerry? And then that took so much effort. And just one video in, this guy's like hemorrhaging. Well, maybe Tati should have taken down Fuck Jerry. Can we ask her? Well, can we trick Fuck Jerry into promoting sugar bear gummies? Oh, this can't be hard. Can we get any of these people to do anything remotely useful? (laughs) I mean, and I'm not even usually one of those people that's like, I mean, like, whatever. Do you make your money? But like, my God. Come on, guys. One of the times I really got annoyed with James Charles was um, Fenty Beauty, which is normally so great with their advertising. They did a video with him about mm. their new like lingerie line, and he was just doing this usual shtick of like, I'm impersonating like a black woman, you know, mm. and just like mm-hmm. that's how he talks. And we always go through these moments where like a James Charles or a Jeffree Star, like you always have to cancel them. Mm-hmm. Um, and celebrities and like the Kardashian things have to stop working with them. I'm like, Maybe follow some black beauty bloggers. Right. Stop following these racist white kids. Who don't even look good. They don't. And they're always doing something racist. Right. You know what they kind of look like? A Snapchat filter. That's what they look like. Yeah, they do. That new Snapchat filter, which turns you into a man or a woman. Took over my life. It's glamour. You know, (laughs) I I was going to, so I opened, I realized it was a Snapchat filter. I click over to Snapchat, realize I'm no longer logged into Snapchat. And the effort that it would have taken me to log back in didn't seem worth it for the filter. That is how I feel every time I try to open an email. Thanks to step verification. <laughs> it's um, very stressful. That filter made me just look like Henry Rollins. It's about having like a trapezoid jaw. I looked like Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, oh, on the, the lady the, one? The lady one. I didn't do the man one because I feel like, you know, I'm man enough. What would me. it have done? I'm man enough for me, Tony Braxton. Oh, okay. Huh? What would the male the one? The man have done? one gives you like a jaw, like okay. some guys were like kind of a Superman jaw. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, the lady one made me just. First of all, here's the thing about the lady one. I have thinnish hair, and it just made me look like a lady with thin hair. So I looked like somebody like welcoming you to Chili's. It was not cute. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think that's the YouTube drama. Can it is is it done now? Well, unless more videos like this waiter who alleged that James Charles was pursuing him aggressively come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there could be a whole Guys, keep your, it's okay. We don't need it. No one tell their stories. <laughs> Unfortunately, don't. YouTube has been picked up for 50 more seasons. So. <laughs> YouTube will never be canceled. It's YouTube and Man with a Plan. They're all back. Uh, it's just like racist beauty vloggers and actual like right wing Why racists. are they all racist? Too. What's the What's the correlation between being good at makeup and being fucking racist. Self-absorption, I think, is a nice crossover I mean, I section. would, someone, yeah. someone please write that think piece for me. Well, I do think historically the Confederate Army always had a beat face. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> you want blush? Go to, check out Robert <laughs> E. Lee. Under, under those KKK hoods, yeah. they were just full yeah. beats. <laughs> That's how uh, Sex in the City 3 ends. <laughs> the hood comes off, wow, you really are pulling off a look. <laughs> Uh, well, we're back. Keep it. And we're back with our favorite segment of the episode. It is Keep It. Lewis, you just raised an eyebrow like Hope Brady. 
<laughs> I try to have a little bit of like oh, uh, film noir villain eyebrows every once in a while. Uh, what is your keep it? Um, Honestly, I think this keep it might be more polarizing than I realized. My keep it is to the finale of Veep, which I thought was just chock full of plot. And it, it, it occurred to me watching the episode, obviously Veep, and I say this calling it the best comedy of the past however many years, is is obviously all about the jokes and obviously all about like the cruelty of the humor or whatever. But I didn't realize how much I really don't care about the plot. And this was just a deeply super plotty way of solving the show. But it only solved like the, the lead up to this season, which was a strange season, a strange season where they decided to go with all these one to one parallels between Selena Meyer and her cronies and Trump. You you had Anna Klumski as a Kelly and uh, Kelly and Conway proxy, et cetera. But I just felt like the the final episode didn't have enough jokes that I laughed ama- like so hard at. And honestly, this is a show kind of like Pen15, which came up earlier, that it, painful how funny I find these people, generally speaking. So I thought it was sort of a soft landing for a soft season. As a counter, I enjoyed the finale. I enjoyed the finale, even though I I don't I didn't love how much they did that one to one comparison with Trump in this last season. But since they already did it, I was satisfied with the ending for the last season that they chose. Mm-hmm. So I probably wouldn't have chose that last season myself, but like since that's what they decided, they also had fewer I think the thing that you're bumping on, like they had fewer episodes. I think they only had 8 and usually they had 10 because Julie Louis-Dreyfus was sick. And so it did feel because when I was watching the finale, I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of shit they're going to have to resolve. There's only one episode left." And like the episode before the finale, I was like, "There it seems like we need three more episodes yeah. to get to the end of it. But it it was a lot. But I think that's also because they had less time. Um, but I was like, I I know what you mean. But I also was like, they they had a lot of shit they did have to resolve. Yeah, So right. it's like things kind of had to get, because it's like, we got to know what's going on. And I appreciated the flash forward. Yeah, because, that was kind of Because I was like, that was, that added a bunch of time. And also the final joke of the show. Yes. It was really it was funny. Really, it and, was a and, great callback. Yeah, an Easter egg that calls back to like the first season. Wow. Um, I watched the finale of Dinosaurs again. Oh, sure. Last oh, yeah. night. Thought it was great. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just saying things because I didn't watch Veep this season. Dumb I question. I did the media re- literally hit them at the final episode of Dinosaurs? I think that's true. They did. They okay, died. Yeah. Dinosaurs died. <laughs> I actually haven't seen Veep since like season four. I gotta catch up. There is an excellent, there's a, I won't spoil it because we know how you people feel about spoilers, but um, <laughs> there is a character that returns that was like my favorite part of the episode was seeing this person. Return. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, can we say that? Can we bring that up? Is that spoiling it? No, I know who it is. Okay. I saw it on Twitter. But I, okay, I, a I spoiler is coming up. So yeah. turn it off if you haven't listened. Sue comes back, the secretary, and I forgot how much she is the only human character on the show. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah she was <laughs> she do you remember when she and Kent dated? That was that was one of the best storylines on television. The idea that the two of them were in this like weird fucking relationship and like always fighting, and you're like, so when you guys go home, like yeah, what right. happens? They were but, kind of perfect. Yeah. yeah, but so Sue comes back. Yeah. Um, so I was very happy to see her. I will catch up with Veep now that it's all over. Uh, you know, I, I used to watch it with like a guy. And so then I stopped watching oh, it. Oh, okay. pain. Yeah, pain. Yeah, heartbreak. <sighs> Stevie I'll... Wonder album from the 80s. <laughs> Love Rocket. What? Hotter anyway. than July. <laughs> uh, Kara, what is your keep it? 
My keep it will be quick. My keep it is to, I didn't even bother learning his name. There's a new man running for president. Fuck you. I cannot possibly believe any of you idiots think we need another fucking person running for president. Are you out of your mind? It's 22 people. Go run for the Senate. I hate you. I hate you all. I hate you all. Stop running for president. Wow. Um, I'm sure John Favreau will be very happy to know that you hate him. Um, <laughs> Those phrases were so concise. I pi- I actually pictured looking at it as a Rupi Kaur as poem. I, he did announce his presidency yesterday. It just like, are you kidding me? The delusion that you must have to on March. What day is it? 14th, 2019. May, 14th. May Jesus Christ. See, <laughs> May 14th to say, you know what? I'm going to run for president. Surely I'm what they need. Governor of Montana. I, I just if you let's say this, if you're going to run, can you at least have the qualifications of Elizabeth Warren? We have an Elizabeth Warren in the race. You have to be better than that to join at this point. I mean, the only other candidate I would take is Oprah. Sure. Which Mm. is stupid anyway. But I'm like, she's the only one that if she ran, I'd be like, okay. You're the so other than Oprah, keep your ass at home. Nobody wants you to run for president. Almost none of you are ever going to be president. Whatever this dude's name is, go away. Leave us alone. Enough of this. Enough of this. And I swear to fucking God, if one more person, if one more person decides to run for president, I don't even know what I'm going to do. You <laughs> say so I was like, what you going to say? I don't know. I don't yeah. even have a build up. Say. I mean, I think I'll just leave. <laughs> It seems so quaint back when people were like, Oprah, you should run for president in 2020. Oh, that was like our first episode. Do you yeah. remember we only had five people running for president? When you only had 10 people, 11 people, 12? That felt, 15 now feels quaint. Remember before we had presidents? The kings and queens. Let's Actually, let's go back to that. Let's establish the Oprah royal family. We all shoot off from her. We'd oh. give that a try for 100 Stedman years. we going to give her some kids. Listen. <laughs> Do we get Gail's kids in there? <laughs> Stedman posing like Iman in the Remember the Time video. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. We've had a lot of Michael Jackson references. I need today. to stop. I'm sorry. What are it's, you doing? Guys. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's inextricable. <laughs> uh, I just feel like I'm off the wall today. Okay. okay. <laughs> Dangerous. Go uh, ahead. Sorry. You have something yes, for us? Yes, I do. Okay. I do have a keep it, and it is quite a thriller. Oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, my keep it this week is there's so many things that say keep it to from Game of Thrones this week. Um, yes. You know, you all were watching Veep on Sunday night and I was watching the dragons. But I'm really going to say keep it to the death of Cersei Lannister. Is she the blonde? Lena Headey. Lena Headey. No, that, She's the I, one I with the Robin thinking, Wright haircut. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. The hair was cut short. She's got always it. sipping her wine. She does look, thank you. She does look like Robin Wright. Yeah. You know, yeah. she basically got paid a million an episode to stand on a balcony and nice. sip wine all season. They had her do nothing all season, which Mariah actually. Mariah Carey's dream job, by the way. It's <laughs> what she does, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's Cersei was just sort of like this great character. She was an amazing villainess. And this season really just sort of short shrifted a lot of women. No surprise, because only two white men were writing it. But I will say that Cersei didn't really have anything to do this season. And they sort of ended a villain who has been great with sobbing over um, her brother that she was fucking. A dragon? Uh, 
Oh, no, she was sobbing over her brother, Jaden. Her brother, her brother could be a dragon. Right, yeah. I don't know what happens her, her in this There show. are no real rules to this yes. show. Her okay. brother is Jamie, and they, they had kids together. Question, wait, hold on. How come some of them are named things like Cersei, and then some are called Jamie? <laughs> I don't know. And what, we, we <laughs> also found out that there's someone named Vicky in the show last are night. Are you kidding me? Oh, Just because on closed captions, uh, <laughs> when the city was being burned to death by Daenerys, someone was screaming for a woman named Vicky. So there's a Daenerys <laughs> and a Vicky. Yeah. Vicky. Oh, okay. How she, much you want to bet if you went into a kindergarten right now, all of these names would I be know, in there. That's very true. She works in HR for Westeros. I don't know. Um, but, you know, to give her such a bad ending was just sort of dumb. I actually um, feel bad for the fans. It sounds like people everybody. Are upset. People were like collectively into yes. this thing and they really wanted a culmination and it just came down as like a C minus. People are mad. People are turned. And here's the thing it's like I've never thought that Game of Thrones was, you know, like the best show on TV the way um, some people are breathlessly talking about it. I mean, it's not even the best show that's ever been on HBO. Um, Six Feet Under exists. Sure. As uh, does The Wire. As does season two of True Blood. Yeah. But, you know, we'll get into that later. Oh, uh, in the city. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> looking. <laughs> okay. Respect. <laughs> but, you know, it was a very fun, soapy camp show for many seasons. You know, you had people burning people alive. You had people being killed with gold crowns. You had dragons being chained up in basements. You had the Red Wedding and stuff. And now for a show that just had really interesting characters, it's really being wrapped up in plot-based ways and not sort of character-based How many episodes are left? There's one more. The finale. Oh, so is everyone, Sunday. you guys are. So the next finale week, is Sunday. So if people were mad this week, I don't even know what's happening next week. There may be pandemonium in the this streets. This is actually. This is. I'm going to go out of town. <laughs> I'm going to leave. Well, you know who else is the creators of the show? They said we're going to be far away from the internet and very drunk or something, which doesn't give me a lot of faith in Did this situation. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, also, they are going on to make Star Wars movies. So aren't they all? Get ready for the internet to be fighting over that. In a few years. When they roped in Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I was like, these people will stop at nothing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Game of Thrones is sort of messy right now. So next week, you're going to be saying some more names I've never heard of, and and, and you're going to be mad about it. Yeah. Okay. Donner, Prancer, Vixen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember them. Yeah. Season two, right? Yeah. All <laughs> members of the House of Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my keep it. Cersei should have, she should have had a better death. They had some rocks fall on that bitch. That's how she died. Yeah, because very, the because uh, because like the the whole like red keep the castle collapsed on her. What is oh, this? A private war okay. starring Rosamund Pike? Yeah, was I there an earthquake it. or something? No, Daenerys on her dragon burned the whole city and it collapsed. Did can the dragon breathe fire? Yeah, that's how they burned it. Yeah, she burned everybody. She okay. just like straight up kill people. Is Daenerys the blonde that I'm thinking of? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. got it. I know what's happening now. Clark, yeah. Got it. Yeah, she burned everybody. Okay. So, and people kept saying that like that was foreshadowing because there were references um, in the series that sort of referenced the fact that like she might turn crazy, but then they didn't do the actual work of showing her turn crazy. It was just like, that's the impression. And I that got. is a thing that I just really hate with sci-fi fantasy series. You can't throw a line or dream sequence in years ago and then just fulfill it. You gotta, well, you got, you gotta show a character's POV and how they get there. Ira, you know, women be crazy. That's the problem. So yeah, that's what I assume this is all based on. I know, you know, they even had, um, Brienne the Stallion 
Uh, <laughs> her name no. is Brienne of Tarth, but Bossif called her Brienne no. the Stallion. <laughs> okay. um, they had, she was this badass knight. She became a knight, and then she had sex with Jamie, and we somehow had to learn that she was a virgin just so we could have this intimate, sexy moment ew, when ew, she was ew. a badass woman before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I can't care. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, sorry, women. Yeah. Watch Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> sorry, women is a good theme yeah. for just yeah. this episode. Right? Sorry, Leave sorry, with that. sorry, women. <laughs> uh, all right. That's our show. And on Friday, you can listen to our live show live from Los Angeles at the Regent Theater with Leslie Grossman. That will be dropping on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts this Friday. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now from May 6th at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style, every home. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.